Okay, welcome to the Sunday morning service. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. You can get involved by calling 1-800-411-BOND, 1-800-411-BOND, or 2663. You can also email church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org, and put your name and town, name and town on your emails, and uh, we can read them today, and I do appreciate it. Good morning again, everybody here. Good morning. Hi, y'all. Good morning. Yeah. You ever seen anybody chew gum in public? Yeah. Doesn't look like a cow? Yeah. I'm just saying. Don't do that. <laughs> My, when I was in high school, the days that I were not picking cotton, if my, uh, we had this teacher, an English teacher, if she, would, if she caught us chewing gum in class, it was, she would embarrass us like 90 going north. She was like, look at that cow in the back chewing gum. She would literally say it. And then you catch your jaws going like this. <laughs> so that's where I get that from. Besides, my grandma used to tell us not to do it too. Uh, how many of you have fear in one form or another? Oh, good, okay. I appreciate the honesty. Um, let me read something to you first and, and, and about fear, about fear, 1269. This is Isaiah 51.7. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Can you come and read this for me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet you like this. My last time coming. I said that the last time. 51.7. Okay, this is 51. I want you to start right here, verse 7, and finish right there. All right. At uh, 8. Listen to me. You who know what saving justice means. A people who take my laws to heart. Do not fear people's taunts. Do not be alarmed by their insults. For the moth will eat them like clothing. The grub will devour them like wool. But my saving justice will last forever. And my salvation for all generations. And then I want to read one more between the First John 4, 17 through 18. Page 20, 17. 2017 in my book. Uh-huh. I hear all the Bibles turn it out there. Uh, okay, 20, 1 John 4, 17 through 8. Okay. 4, 1 John 4, 17. Start right here. You know what I want to do? I want you to start. Let me see. Just go off to right here, okay? Okay. First uh, John four, seventeen, verse seventeen through eighteen. Love comes to its perfection in us when we can face the day of judgment fearlessly. Because even in this world, we have become as he is. In love, there is no room for fear, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear implies punishment, and whoever is afraid has not come to perfection in love. Let us love, then, because he first loved us. 
Anyone who says, I love God and hates his brother is a liar. Since whoever does not love the brother whom he can see cannot love God whom he has not seen. Indeed is the commandment we have received from him. Uh, Indeed, this is the commandment we have received from him, that whoever loves God must also love his brother. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is a child of God, and whoever loves the Father loves the Son. In this way, we know that we love God's children. When we love God and keep his commandments, this is what the love of God is, keeping his commandments. Nor are his commandments burdensome, because every child of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Okay, thank you. I wanted to talk about fear because, you know, for the last 22 years, I've been fortunate enough to travel around the country and and speak to different audiences in the church and different rallies and events. And 100% of the time, when I ask, do you have fear, most people raise their hands. And whether it's at a church or at an organization or whatever, most people raise their hands and say that they do have fear. And as a result of having fear, uh, the world is taken over because the, the spirit of this world is of Satan. And its whole mission is to destroy absolutely destroy. And one of the reasons that it's doing it is because the children of God, people who say that they, they are children of God, have fear. And I'm here to witness to you that there's no way at all, and, and we just read, I mean, there's a whole truckload of scriptures about that, but there's no way at all that you can love God, that you can have that born-again experience and enter into the kingdom within and now operate from perfect love and have fear. You absolutely cannot have it. And I know this because I used to have fear before it happened to me, before he changed my heart. Salvation is of the heart. And before he changed my heart, it was difficult to speak up. I didn't love people. And, and, and the proof was I wasn't able to be honest with them and forgive them, not hold it against them. Um, I didn't, uh, whenever I would try to deal with life, I would have doubt, um, doubts about things. And I couldn't really see what was going on. So I know what that fear is. And 24 years ago, 23, 24 years ago, when I had, when he caused, God caused me to have that born again experience, he gave me love. I live in love and he took away all of my fears, all of my doubts. And fear doesn't even occur to me anymore. It doesn't even occur to me. And you know how sometimes things will cross your mind that you used to do? It doesn't even occur to me anymore to have fear. And I don't feel like a brave person or anything like that. It's just that, that those thoughts and emotions of fear is not there any longer. It's no longer there. And it's a perfect way of living because you're living like a, you're in the world, but you're separated from it. You're, you're, you know, you're with friends and families and, and all that, but yet you're separated from them too. It's an interesting way of living. And the thing that separates you is the fact that you have no hatred in your heart, no resentment. You have only love. And that's what's controlling you. And I want to give you some examples because 
And I, you know, I say this to white audience too, that uh, they, are, they are afraid of black Americans to tell them the truth for fear of being called racist and being sued or something like that, right? But when you have perfect love, you don't even think about those things because you have like a confidence that let you know without knowing that God's going to take care of you. You don't have to worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, who you're going to hang out with, what you're going to do, because you just, you naturally have that confidence without even thinking about it. It's just because there is no fear, there's confidence. But you don't feel it, taste it, or touch it. It just is. And it's an amazing way to live. And Christ came so that we can live this way. And I'm looking at, because Christians have fear, which tells me that they're really not of God. They may know God, they mean well, they're nice people, but they're not of God. They don't have that perfect love. And it's unfortunate because I know that most people want it. That's why people go to church. That's why they read the Bible. That's why they pray, because they want it. But if it's so messed up, the moment they pop out of the mother's womb, somebody started teaching them, some child of Satan started teaching and, and just take hold of your life and, and just mess you up. Take you away from discovering and living that way. And now you're just out there trying to find your way through education and all that kind of stuff. And it just messes you up. If, if parents were to leave their children alone and be a good example, then they won't have to go through what we have had to go through. I want to give you some examples of things that are happening. And then I'll take your feedback as a result of Christians being afraid. And it's absolutely mind-blowing. Um, there's this guy by the name of Roland Martin. He's a black guy. He has a show on BET. And I've debated this guy. Uh, he doesn't agree with anything that I'm about, and I don't agree with anything that he's about. Nothing. Not one, zero, iota, nothing. As a matter of fact, the last time I debated him on CNN, uh, my nephew was traveling with me as my bodyguard, and, and Roland wanted to fight me. He wanted to have like a fist fight, <laughs> right in the studio after the debate, right? And my nephew is like a little gangster kind of kid, you know. He was like, Uncle Punchy. He came and whispered to you, you want me to take him out? He was going to beat him up right there because he saw this guy wanted to fight me. So I, I say all that. So just to let you know, I'm not taking up for rolling at all. But I'm just saying that this battle between good and evil and what's happening due to fear. Apparently, Roland Martin tweeted something about the gay, something about it. Anybody remember the tweet? Hermes, you know who it is? Yeah, he watched the Super Bowl and said somebody got who had on pink. Had on, yeah. And he said that's gay or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. He said that's gay about this guy with pink on, right? And as a result, his job suspended him because he made that comment. Uh, CNN suspended him because the gays got upset and complained. Yes, sir? It was an underwear ad on TV, and he said, any, anyone, any guy that likes that ad ought to be beaten up, basically. Ought to be what? Beaten up? They ought to smack him around. Oh. Right. right. But whatever he said, it wasn't enough for him to be suspended, not for one moment from his job. Not for one moment. I mean, this guy, he has uh, freedom of speech in this country. We have a right to say what we want. 
You may not have a right to, and you have a right to disagree with it, but it should not get to a point that you lose your job behind it. And just because you disagree with something or you say something that's silly, but because the Christians are afraid, that is happening. That guy should not have been fired or suspended, not for a minute. But these people are taking over, the people who are on the side of evil, and we, the, the Christians are afraid of losing their jobs or losing something or someone hooking a title onto you so you don't say anything. And that just gives room to evil. Don't you see that? There are more, there are 80% of people in this country saying that they're Christian. That means that the rest are not. There's no way they should be, the, the children of Satan should be causing us to get fired or lose our job because we spoke up. In the good old days when boys were boys and men were men, that would not be happening. It was just understood. Now, those people could speak up. The children of Satan could say what they want to. They shouldn't be losing their jobs either just because they say what they want to say. But the Christians are losing their jobs right now. And then the more that that happens, the more fear you're going to get if you're of fear. And that means that more they're going to take over even more so because you're not going to say anything. And one thing about evil, when you let evil have its way, it flaunts itself. You notice that? And it, it destroys everything around it, everything. Just as good bring everything to life if you promote good. But evil's winning. This guy should not have uh, been suspended from his job. He should not have had to meet with some gay group. Unless you're going to lay the cross on him, you know, pray for him or something like that. Don't hate, but pray, tell the truth. But he had to meet with some gay group. What do they call uh, Flat, gay, lesbian, whatever. And that should not be happening in America. That's unheard of. It's maybe just me. Maybe it's a fashionable thing that's going on. But it's because I know without a doubt that it's because the Christians are afraid. Absolute fear. And the worst thing that you can have in, in life is fear. There is no love in fear at all. None. It's all selfishness. It's all destruction. And anyone who tells you that you can believe in God and have fear, they are lying to you. They are absolutely lying to you. They, they don't know what they're talking about. Because fear is of Satan. Satan is the father of fear. And I promise you this. The only reason you have fear is because you have anger in your heart. You have no love. That's why you have fear. Let me, I'll take you guys' hand in a minute. I just want to rush through this because time will go by so fast. Um, there are so many other examples. Um, this woman, Whitney Houston, you heard about her, right? Yeah. She aspired. Everybody know about that by now, right? right. Well, apparently, and, and I want feedback and I want honest disagreement. That's what freedom is all about, all right? Um, there's these two radio talk show hosts on a local station here in L.A. who they're like the kind of guys that like to push it to the, to the edge. You know what I mean? Just say whatever they want. And they get paid to do that. Their boss knows that that's what they're about. That's why they hired them, because they, they go beyond. They just say whatever they want to say. Well, when Winter Houston expired and the people were carrying on about her, 
They, they call her a crack whore. Am I right about that? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Crack whore. Yeah. All right, I want to say it right. <laughs> and because they said crack whore, because the guy, I heard, we played it on my show. They were like, why are people carrying on like this about her? You know, this woman acted out in the street. She put her own business out there in public. She did flips in the park. She just carried on. She the one acting that way in the public, and now they're acting like she was an angel sent by God. And they said something like she was a crack hole. And they were suspended for saying that. Yes. Isn't that like amazing? That is absolutely amazing. It's not like they made up anything. It's not like they went into her home to see what she was doing. She brought her business into the streets. She, she got so out of control that she was calling herself a diva. I don't know what that is, but it doesn't sound right. <laughs> a diva. A diva. A diva. Diva. Oh, okay. Diva. What is a diva? Divine. Oh, that's what that means? <laughs> Egotist, real arrogant, cocky. Well, what the real mean? Because I'm sure it happened in their mind, they think it means something nice. A real bitch. That's what it is. So they really think that that's what they are. When these two guys were suspended for speaking something that was true. Who were the two guys? John and Ken. Yeah. And I'm thinking, how is that happening in America? How is that happening? I, I've been banned from uh, three radio stations in America, in this state, within the last 22 years. One, I was banned because the, uh, at KTYM, KTYM is a Christian radio station in Inglewood, California. When I first started out, I'm all happy because I'm free. And I'm thinking that if I go on radio to tell the black people, stop hating, get rid of your leaders, because it's abnormal to have a leader that they would like it, and they didn't. They, and they threatened me. They threatened the manager. The manager was a white guy, and he really liked me. He wanted me to be on the station. But they were saying, I'm going to kill your wife. I'm going to blow up the towel. And he was trying to hold, up, hold on. He finally had to let me go. And then I was banned from two other stations because I disagreed. I wouldn't say what they wanted me to say. And they banned me from the radio station. And there was one station that I met with the owner of the station, the board of directors, and they said to me, if you change your mind, and they were really about to use me in a big way. You know, they were gonna pay me good, I was gonna be the, the primary host on this particular station. And they said to me, they met with me, and they said, if you change your mind what you say, go back on radio and say that you were wrong, then we'll keep you on. And I said, no. What did you say? I can't say it. I wish I could tell you about it, you know, I, yeah. But I, I, w I said, no, I'm not going to change my mind because what I said was true. It was absolutely true. And then they said, well, we can't hire you. I said, fine, no problem. And then they like, think about all that money you're losing. Think about all this. But I don't care about the money. I care about what is right. There is nothing on earth. Now, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring or the next moment. But for the last 22 years since God changed my heart, there's not one thing on earth that I love more than love the truth. Not one person, not one thing, not one dollar bill, not one job, not one nothing. And I used to not be that way. So I know what the, the you know what I'm saying? 
But I, I love what's right more than anything else because it was God who set me free, gave me perfect peace, and gave me my purpose in life. And just to hell with everything else. Really. And for me to know anybody, it's in all of us. It's in all of you to do that, but you got to drop your anger. Otherwise, you're going to see life upside down and think that you're seeing it in the right way. Satan will be your father, and you will think that God is your father. The, the, the scripture said the righteous people belong to him, and they have no fear. You heard it. Heard him read that. It's the righteous people. We knew this years ago. And as a result of knowing it, there was nothing that could hold us back in life. But this fear thing got to go. It really has to go. Let me give you another example, then I'll take some questions, all right? I wanted to get this in because normally I, don't, uh, I hear from you first. And I don't get in what I, I wanted to say. One other thing that I think is remarkable, absolutely amazing to me. And these things are like just happening. And I think sometimes maybe things will never turn around. Maybe it's going to take Jesus Christ to come. And when I speak and I hear people saying that they're afraid, I'm almost sure it is because you're not going to get anywhere with fear. It's like two devils working together. Fear is of the devil. So when you're arguing against Satan's children, it's two Satan's children arguing. You may have the facts about the truth, but you don't have the spirit of the truth, that great power inside of you, of the truth. And uh, so, um, you remember when the economy crashed? You know, like everything really well. We were all like flying high on the hog and, uh, and just having a good time. And then all of a sudden, everything just fell apart. Remember that? Yes. Um, one of the reasons, not the only reason, was because the government had given out loans to, quote-unquote, minority people who couldn't afford them. And they had forced the banks by accusing the banks, calling them racist and stuff like that. You remember all that, right? And so the banks gave out the loans, came in, gave them out to people who would not pay back. And the market crashed. Now, I just heard this morning on a news report that in California, the government has sued the banks and forcing the bank for billions of dollars and forcing the banks now to give more money to the people who can't afford to keep their homes. And the banks are caving in. That's like, my, that's a, this doesn't logically make sense. That's like loaning money to somebody who won't pay you back. But it's happening because the Christians are afraid. Christians don't even show love to one another. They only like you up to a certain point. And then if they disagree with you or something is not the way they think, it's over. Isn't that amazing? I've had so many people over the years who just love Jesse. Jesse can do no wrong until I disagree with them. And then it's over. I'm like, wow, that's interesting. But it's a lesson learned. You can't be, you can't find anything in people. Human nature is different than God's nature. I promise you that. Don't look for it in people, places, or things. It's all in you. All right? These crazy, I can go on and on. You need to open your eyes so you can see what's going on. We are losing it as children of God. Look at the, there's an attack on the Catholic Church right now. The government is trying to force the Catholic Church to pass out condoms and birth control and the morning after peer, uh, the morning after peel, uh, peel, peel. How did that happen? 
They're like, no, you're going to do it. I'm like, how did that happen? The government would not have attempted to do that before when the Christians were strong. And they're going after Christianity because Christianity is the only religion that requires us to examine ourselves, repent, and be born again. No other religion asks you to do that, to look at yourself. And children of Satan do not want to look at themselves. They want to look at everybody else and blame everybody else for their faults. This is what's going on. It's a spiritual battle between good and evil. And the way they do it is to destroy the family first. The family is so destroyed that I don't know if it'll ever come back together again. Destroy that family, then you can bring in evil because the man or who he, you know, what he represents. Anyway, that's my little thing about fear. You got to get over fear. And the way you get over it, you got to forgive. You got to drop your anger. As long as you're an angry man or woman, you're never going to have love. Never. You don't even have love. I don't care what you feel, that's not love. Yes, sir. Oh, I just wanted to say, I, I heard on the radio this morning, there was this uh, announcer, news, uh, sports announcer, and they don't know what to say about this Asian guy playing basketball. So he emailed Chink in armor. He was fired for that. It, it's, it's bad. What? It's happening. Yeah, huh? that's, that's kind of racist. Cheap. I mean, that's flat out racism. It's a compliment. To whom? What, what does Chink and Amr mean? Cheap. That word is very racist Chinese. in the Asian community. It's, it's, a, it's equivalent of calling someone the N-word in the black community. But see, it's a, it's a double standard. One thing I want to tell you, when you have love, the real love, and fear is gone, you're going to treat people the way you like to be treated. You're going to be honest with people. You're going to be fair. Now, they may not see it that way, but you're going to be that way. And, but the children of Satan can say and do whatever they want. They could call the children of God racist, hateful, mean-spirited, you, you need to lose your job. But let the children of God say one thing that they don't agree with. They're out of there. This was a joke. I've been called... The guy cracked a joke. It, it, I hear it all the time. This is why I'm trying to wake you up. Over the last 22 years, I've been called every name in the book by the children of Satan and some of the children of God, too. I've been called Uncle Tom, sell out. You hate your mommy, you hate your daddy, you're gay, you, you're white on the inside, black on the outside. You, um, you have an Uncle Ruckus. I finally met my Uncle Ruckus. I really do have an Uncle Ruckus. You, you heard of him? I love my Uncle Ruckus. I love it. But the thing, when they, when they talk about me, you know what I feel about it? Nothing. I don't want them fired. I don't want them suspended for them, from their jobs. I don't wish them evil. I wish them well. I realize they can't see. I don't want them fired. I don't want them banned. They have a right to disagree with me. They have a right to call me every name in the book. They really do have that right to do it. It's called freedom of speech. I'm sure when they were sitting around coming up with this idea of freedom of speech, they were not thinking, well, what happened if somebody called your name? Maybe we should put a clause in, clause in for that. What happened if you don't agree? They said freedom of speech. That's what it's all about. And we should not lose that concept in America. 
And the children of God have to keep that alive. Otherwise, we'll have one side and we'll have the children of Satan standing and doing what they want and we'll all be shut down. It's not like they want fairness. They're not saying we want you to speak up and let us speak up. They're saying we want, we don't want to hear any truth. We don't want you to disagree with us. We want you to go along with it or shut up. And that's evil controlling. That's what that is. It's a spiritual battle. Yes, Forrest. When you say uh, get rid of your, your, your fear, um, don't you always have small rumblings of fear? Let's say you get rid of most of it, but I mean, like you get rid of your anger. You still have semblance of anger uh, there that may not be you. Is the same with fear? I mean, um, is, there, is there something still there that you don't really pay attention to that doesn't control you or doesn't dominate you, but it's still a kind of a reflex thing that you notice? I, I clearly understand your question. And the answer is, once you've gotten rid, once you've overcome the spirit of fear, it's no longer there at all. It's not inside of you at all. It's the same with anger then. Yeah, right? because once... See, fear is the daughter of anger or the son of anger. When you get rid of anger, then fear has to lead to fear and doubt and worry. If you want to get rid of all this stuff, you have to get rid of the anger first, overcome by forgiving, and then everything else will leave as well because the fear lives off the anger. If you didn't have the anger, then the fear has no way of having life. Doesn't fear come first and then anger follow it in, in normal reactions? You're afraid that things aren't happening well, so you get angry. Well, when you were first traumatized, the anger came first. It was the resentment of the judgment, and most of the time, as we all know now, I hope, is of the, you become angry at your parents first, and then fear comes. But in this law, in life, you forget that the anger came first. And now you're operating from the fear not recognizing that it's the anger that you have that's keeping the fear there. One thing about when you let anger go, there's nothing to fear because nothing is that important to you anymore. And the only way we have fear is because you think about what you're going to lose if you should do a certain act. You know, if I say this, what will I lose? If I do this, what would I lose? If I don't do it, what would I lose? So you have the fear of losing something, right? But if you don't have that anger, you're not going to have the fear of losing anything because you can take it or leave it. And yet God will take care of you. The only way people have fear is because they're afraid of what's going to happen. And, 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 and in that state of anger, it causes them to think that way first. So that's why I get rid of the anger. You, you can't have fear. All right? Um, and again, fear is the spirit of Satan. It's this prince of this earth. And they can't live in your body with love. They can't live in the same place. I know people throughout this country, uh, we talked about when you have anger and you hold on to it, you hold on to it, you hold on to it until eventually the Holy Spirit will leave you because they can't dwell in the same place. And the Holy Spirit is love, is, is confidence, is, it perfects your life, it guides you, it instructs you. But if you hold on to fear for too, I mean, to anger for so long, too long, the Holy Spirit will depart from you and you'll just become uh, a child of Satan all the way. And then everything in life just get to you. 
You can't handle anything. Someone says something to you, you lose control. Someone look at you wrong, you lose control. You, whatever, you lose it because you, don't lo- you no longer have the, 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 the teacher within to guide you. And I know a whole lot of folks like that now. The Holy Spirit has completely departed from them. And they have nothing but doubt, nothing but emotions, no love at all. Because he can't dwell, love cannot dwell where hate lives. It's like living in a house with a hateful person. You ever tried to live with a hateful person? Or an angry person? I remember my son, one of my sons lived with me. He was mad at me because I didn't marry his mother and do, and do the right thing. And did the right thing do, I did not do the right thing by her, by getting married. And he grew up hating me. She taught him to hate me, even though I tried to see him. And he moved in with me at the age of 18. And he was like really angry. And I let him talk it out because I understood by that time what was really going on. So I let him call me names. I let him, uh, one thing I told him, though, I don't care how mad you are at me, you better not run my telephone bill up. Because <laughs> huh? one thing that I don't do is run up a telephone bill. It, it, it's like throwing money to the wind. Have you noticed that? It's heartbreaking to pay a telephone bill of $100. And, and so I, I said, look, I understand you're mad, but don't run my telephone bill. It's going to be over. <laughs> And he did. He ran my phone bill up. I gave him one warning. He ran it up again. He was mad. I finally just put him out. Get out. Who am I going to go? He was in California. <laughs> I, have, I don't care where you're going. You're just going to leave my home. Because anger cannot live in a home. You can't live with anger. An angry person. It doesn't get along. But that's the idea in your body. If you have anger at all, the Holy Spirit will try to warn you, hey, look, you better get over this anger. It ain't nobody else but you. You better let it go. You don't listen, it departs from you. Anybody ever had the Holy Spirit to depart from them and now everything bothered them? You had that? Yeah. I appreciate your honesty, man. And so life just become a struggle, like everything get to you? Yeah, even the easiest things get. Even the what? Even the easiest things yeah. And you might think in life become difficult. And you're just sitting there like, why is this difficult? Yeah. And why can't it be routine as it usually should be? Yes. Mm-hmm. That is because the Holy Spirit has departed and you only have darkness in your life. You can't see what to do. Um, this guy that was telling me about he had this born again experience. The Spirit came and just changed his life. And he said to me, you know, I realized that the things that if people can see what I see right now, there would be no wars or no anything. Because the stuff that bothers us is really nothing. It's like, it's insane to be upset about it. But that's what it is. When the Holy Spirit leaves you, life is a struggle. You've got to overcome your anger. You've got to forgive. Then you can be free. you really got to forgive because it ain't worth, it's not, Christ came so that we can have a perfect life right here on earth. And that doesn't mean we're not going to have challenges, right? But they would be out here, not in here, and not in here. They would be out here so you can just overcome them. Just like, it's, so, it's just so simple because he loves us and he's made it possible. And he's given us a teacher within to guide us. And that's why we shouldn't follow another person. Because we have a teacher within us. But if you follow someone else, you're going to lose sight of your teacher within. Who do you need to forgive? 
Who do I need to forgive? Yeah. Um, most of all, if anything, it's been mad at just forgiving yourself, but that's who I really need to forgive when I actually get angry or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Any time, whether it's anybody, even yourself, if you resent yourself, same thing happens. Because you're playing God and you're judging yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you need to forgive yourself for? You know, it'd be uh, for not being more spiritual, for not, you know, uh, for not doing the things that you that I need to do sometimes. Uh-huh. Like what? Give me an example if you can. You just putting off things. Like maybe if I need to study something for a class, I'll just put that off yeah. until the last minute, thinking I can probably cram for the for from one in the morning to probably about eight in the morning, stop studying for about an hour. Yeah. And then right before the class come run over notes and then I'm thinking I'm a pass with an A, but that really never happens. But yeah. But you know, it just ain't procrastination and you know one thing I can tell you for sure, once you let that anger go, you're gonna have a natural energy mm-hmm. that comes from love and it will cause you to do whatever you need to do. And it wouldn't take all day to do it. You don't have time left over. But when you have that anger, you have to create energy. You, you know, you have to convince yourself to do certain things, or you just don't want to do it, or, or you put it off. You're not in a timely way doing things. But you got to let that go. You got to forgive yourself. Don't hold anything. Just see that you need to let this anger go, and you'll be free from it. And then you'll have a natural energy that will create life for you. It, it, it come from a different source. But you're never going to experience that natural energy until you can let your anger go. Don't hold anything against yourself or anyone. And actually, actually, you know what? I start feeling that because I remember at one point in my life I was pretty much like angry with my mom and family. Yes. And I guess, you know, once I start educating myself the way they couldn't educate me, then I start really kind of start feeling a little bit better, way yes, better. And getting that energy that I needed. To yes, get. it's there. Yeah. The thing that people don't realize, angry people cannot realize, everything that we are, everything that we need, everything is already in here. Mm-hmm. It's weird, but it is. And I'm not like a smart guy. I'm not an educated man or anything. And it's weird how life is just there. He just shows you what to do one step after another. He really, really does. But he can't do it if you have anger. Did you forgive your mother and the other people you were angry at? Uh, yeah, you know, yes, yeah, I did because you know what, and it took me a while to understand that some things that they couldn't control in their lives. That's right. And then, but I was still adamant about what well, you could have controlled. And then when I start educate myself that. You know, maybe they couldn't control it, so maybe I had to start, maybe, start controlling my life a little bit better. That's right. And not letting those feelings control me if they couldn't control their own. Amen. That will cause you to forgive. Yeah. But the one thing that you're missing is that you can't control your life either. Mm. When you're being influenced by anger right now, mm. and it's just taking your life away from you. But if you can let that go by realizing you can't control your own life, then God will take over. And he, you can enter into that kingdom, and he will bring you under control. It really will. It will just naturally bring you under control. But just as your mother and these other people couldn't help themselves, you can't help yourself either. 
So don't try to force anything. Just let the anger go, and it works itself out. It really, really does, man. So let it go. They couldn't help themselves. That's the one thing that children don't understand about parents, because they expect the parents to be perfect. But when you become an adult and get to know yourself, you start to realize, my parents couldn't help themselves. Look how crazy I am. Yeah. They really, you know, <laughs> get to know yourself. And that was from the single-parent household. Yeah, so. yeah. No, just as your mother couldn't help herself, yeah. you can't help yourself. Yeah. So don't hold it against yourself, and then you can change. Okay. Let go, and then let God. He will take over. Very good, man. Mm, thank you. Yeah, drop that anger, and you'll be free. You, of yourself, you can do nothing. And I love knowing of myself I can do nothing. It's so much fun. You don't have to try anymore. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's relaxing to just let everything just take care of itself. Yeah. Now, that's hard to believe with the mind. The mind would not let you believe that stop trying and then just do. It wants you to believe that you got to get up and just try to force it. You got to do something. You got to do something. It's not true. It's really not true. You'll get these things done by forcing it, but by the time you get everything you want, you got cancer, migraine headaches, and you're still fearful, you're still not sure. Now you got to hold on to everything you got. You, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> There's a better way to live. Yes, yes ma'am. Uh, I don't think I understand. I understand the drop the anger, I understand that of yourself you can do nothing. I don't understand how the drop the anger, those two work together. Right, because I think I have to, I have to forgive. Right, I know I have resentment. I know I have to do it, but sometimes I feel like I need to force myself to have that desire. And I don't always have that. Yeah. I don't. I'm like, what? Well, but I know it's holding me back. Yes. But I know I also don't want to let it go yet. So then I, then that, then the judgment comes, and then so. How do you just let it happen if you're if you're supposed to actually forgive? I love that question. Um, Hermes asked Andre if he could let Billy take over and come here for a minute. Um, of yourself, you can do nothing. So don't put any effort into overcoming it at all. None. But I can, but I can see... That's all you doing. need to do. I don't like what it's doing. Don't then. judge it. Because I've forgiven before. Right. But so you haven't. <laughs> Some, yeah, I haven't forgiven an entirety. No, I forgive right. a portion. Forgiveness is a one-time experience. Once it happens, you never have to do it again because you live a life of forgiveness. But what about, like, for me, so I know I have forgiven my father but not my mother. Right. And my relationship with my father is dramatically different than it ever has been in my life. Yes. My mother and my relationship with my mom is virtually the same. But I, so I know what it looks like yeah. because I felt I felt that with him I've done that. But then you're Why saying... Why don't you do... That's what got you locked in, though. You got to forgive both parents. I know. You got to honor your parents. And honor your parents means you don't hold anything against them. Right. Nothing. And so by you still resenting your mother, it still have you locked in into uh, the spirit of Satan. Right. So that's the thing, though. So, right, so I know I should forgive my mother. Absolutely. Right. I understand that. But... I haven't been able to do it yet, which means I'm, I know it's causing problems, yes. but I don't know how to, but I still don't know how to, how to forgive without forcing myself to forgive. You can't force yourself to forgive. It, it won't ever happen. It's a spirit. 
okay, so that I don't get how to do it. How, how were you able to forgive your dad? Um, I recognized that the reasons I thought I hated him weren't my own, and that she was, I really saw at some point that what he was doing was really what he knew best. That's yes. all he knew. Yes. And I knew that. And I saw that, and it was it was just that I I understood that, and I that I appreciated what he was doing. And I let it go. Yes. With my mom, I, unfortunately, it's not. It's the I think the resentment's the manipulation. Yes. Right. My hate for him came from her, yeah. and I see her manipulation through a lot of things. And yeah. so, although I understand on some intellectual level that she can, she only knows that she she only does does what she knows. Yes. I, the manipulation, I have a lot of resentment about. Right. And I still see it. My father doesn't really manipulate. He kind of just does what he does, and he kind of oafs through things, and it's, it's, yeah. very, it's very pure, yes. right, what he's doing. It's really all he knows. With my mom, I see her, the will of her things being forced on things, and I see what it does to, like, my siblings or to herself. And I think I almost resent her dislike for herself the most. Right. Because she dislikes someone that I think I love. I, I know I love, love, but in a love Yeah, way, I know what you mean. Right. Yeah. That is so powerful. All you need to do is just see that. And just as you realize that your father couldn't help himself, even though your mother may be still doing this, she can't help it. You need, hopefully, just relax and observe, and you, God will cause you to realize that your mother can't help herself either. She doesn't want to do that. She's just still locked in that spirit. And, and she's not happy doing it, but she can't help it. If you could just realize that, not on your own, but just observe as you're doing, and God will cause it to happen. And then you'll be free, just as you were free with your dad. Then it will be over, and you can finally live. But just watch it, and don't put any will into it, any effort at all. But you see exactly what's going on. Right. And God is allowing you to see how your mother is still trying to manipulate everything. And, and he caused you to realize that that's what happened to you through her. But he doesn't want you to hate her. So he's letting you see it so you can forgive her. And it will happen. And then he will forgive you and you can finally live. And you will never have anger again in your, in your body. It won't be there. So, just, so then by, the, by just continuing to watch it and not... And keeping my emotions out of, or not letting myself get caught up in it, I guess. Yes. Then it'll come. It'll come. Because you absolutely have a, you have insight into what's going on. You can see. Yeah, I can see it. That's what frustrates me. No, don't be frustrated. It's a blessing to see it. Then I judge myself for not letting it go because I've seen what I've done. Don't judge yourself for not letting it go. It's not you. Of ourselves, we can't make that happen. See, that's the one that That helps. This is very helpful. Yeah. The two connections I was having a hard time making. Yeah, you can't make yourself again. I think my resentment is is deeper towards her than it was towards my father, so I haven't been able to... You know, one of these days, I, I hope God's plan is for me to do a real serious talk about that. One thing I know for sure, not all, not all, not all, but this is the honest truth. Most children have been spiritually traumatized by their mothers. It's not the fathers. Exceptions to the rule, of course. But most children, and it comes through that manipulation that you're talking about. And the mother end up looking like she's just innocent and not doing anything. But it's her, and the focus is on the father instead of being on the mother, and it's not being dealt with properly. That's where the problem is. 
I hear so many stories now, it's not even funny. There's a website, uh, Daughters of Narcissistic Mothers. I highly recommend that everybody and their mama visit that site because this truth is coming from women. And you're going to see your mother and yourself in that site, in those stories. And these are not, I don't know them, never met them, but I read their site, it was introduced to me. And they tell the absolute truth about what mothers are doing to their children. And the focus on the father is the wrong focus. And if we could get mothers to realize that, they will forgive their mothers, and then they will get over it, and they can raise their children better. But they got the wrong spirit in raising their children. That spirit is coming through the mothers. It's just the way it is. I didn't make it that way. But unless we can be honest about it, it's never going to get better. Andre, do you want to share with them what you share with me? I don't want to force you to do it. Come on. And I, this was not solicited by me. Andre is my audio engineer. And uh, the other morning, he was telling me this stuff, why the show was happening in the first two hours. And I'm listening to this guy tell me this stuff, but not paying attention because I'm trying to do a show. And every, <laughs> every time we come to a break, he tried to tell me his little experience, right? And so, <laughs> and so finally, he said something that caught my attention. I'm like, wow. So I listened closely. And I was wiped out. It just wiped me out. I was just crying on the inside because what he was saying, no man told him. And so I, I, I had, when we came back from the break, he didn't know it, but I said, I want you to say this on the radio. Yes, sir? You got to scoot over closer to me? Oh, to the, to the thing. Oh, right. oh go no, ahead. That's okay. the best you can. Share your experience with them. Well, uh, Come a, a little closer to me. Uh, but don't touch it. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking with my wife, and it was uh, regarding resentment and judgment and hatred. And uh, I'm trying to work it out as much as we can, as much as we know. And uh, all of a sudden, I drift into a totally different conversation about um, what reality really is and I realized that what we're seeing basically is not the whole picture of what's happening around us and that um, everything just like everything has a shadow everything has something operating behind it so what we're seeing is not really what it is there's something behind it always that is yeah. Either pushing it or manipulating it or making it happen, basically. It's, it's just... And then I brought in Christ saying that I understand why resentment wasn't an issue for him because he was of those both worlds. He was of the spiritual and he was of what the physical is. And when he would look at someone, he wouldn't really see the physical. He would just see what's behind it. And he wouldn't hate the man. He would just have a problem with what was behind it, basically. So that's why he really didn't uh, have a reason to resent anyone. Because physically, he wouldn't, he wouldn't see or judge anyone. He would just see what was operating behind that person, what was causing that person to act the way he's acting. So that's why he said that, you know, forgive them for they know not what they do. And that's because we are basically being used. And as Jesse always says that we serve, you know, we can't serve two masters. We serve the one that is controlling us. And just FYI, so to say, uh, Andre is not like one of those Jesse boss kind of people. 
When Andre first came here, he, um, you said you got mad or you left, wasn't going to come back? I didn't like you at first. (laughs) (laughs) Because he would, he would, uh, the things that he would say would really bother me because they were true, but I didn't want to hear it. So I left for a while and then my wife would constantly, you know, try to force me to come back and, and I came back. And plus he had given one of those assignments. And he made sure that he was going to ask, you know, how to, to, you know, to to look at yourself and stuff. And I knew he was going to ask me because I was new. So I didn't want to face that either. That's why I was trying to run away. So, but then eventually, you know, it just got to me. Something just brought me back. Thank you, man. It's been great. It's something else. Thank you, man. And the only way that he would know that, especially the the discovery about Jesus, it will have to be shown to him. He will, no man can show you that. And that is so true. Once you drop this anger, you're going to see the physical person, but you also, you just naturally see what's driving that person. And then in seeing what drives them, it's impossible to be mad at them. It's impossible to hate them. But you got to have that born-again experience. You got to let go and let it happen. It can't happen with words. It can't happen the way. It's the world wordless word that changes your life. It is a revealing. And so that's the only one I've gotten in the last 22 years. And I'm rejoicing as though, uh, you know, a thousand has come. Uh, let me take this guy first, then I'll come to you. Yes. yes. I almost forgot what I was going to say. Um, oh, yeah. If, if, you, if you forgive someone, uh, does that mean you forgive everyone? I mean, yes. Okay. When God caused me to forgive my mother first, I forgave everybody. Everything just went away. So it can't just be one person? No. When you, life, it, Andre just told you, Christ did not hate, he loved. Because he can see what's going on. And you can't love Leroy, but hate Sue Lee. Or you can't love, I can't love Martin Luther King Jr. and hate Jesse Jackson. That's not love. Because the spirit that's driving Jackson, he can't help himself. The man can't, if he could help himself, he would do better. He doesn't know he's been driven. He may know it, I don't know. They've been driven by darkness. I can't hate him for that. When I was living in darkness, I wish somebody had shown me real love and not hated me. Because I couldn't help myself. So why would I want to turn around and treat someone else the same way? You got to love your enemy. They can't see. But you got to be born again so you can see the spirit that's driving yourself and them too. But you can't see it until God allows you to see it. That makes sense, mister? Yeah, it does. But I was just kind of wondering too because, you know, I've hated my father for years. And it seems like now I forgive him, but... At the same time, there's some people I think that I don't forgive. Yeah. So I don't know if I really, what that is. You know, do I really forgive him if I if I don't forgive other people or, or what? You know. Once you forgive, most of the time, 99.7 percent of the time, it starts with the parents first because they have the first influence on us, and then in that, 97 percent of the time, it starts with the mother first. But not only that. Uh, even the people who, who I have problems with, I, I, can, um, I can I can meet them, you know, like somewhere on the street or something, and I don't I don't feel like I hate them, you know. It's like 
I can talk to him like a friend. Right. And they even said that to me too. They said, oh, let's see you. Even though I did this to you, you treat me like a friend. Yeah, but see, you're a phony friend now. Because if those people on the street were to offend you in any way, it's over for them. And they sit and look at you the wrong way or or you think that they said something about you or if they did something you didn't like, it's over. Because either you have love or not. And if you have if you have that anger, you don't have love. There are some people you can get along with for a minute, but wait until you disagree with them or you don't like something about them, it's over. And that's not love. But but what I'm saying is I'm not trying to, to, to be right. nice to them or anything. It's just, it's like an automatic thing, you know. I, I, I guess, I don't know. Well, you don't have love. If you have hatred, if you have any anger at all, you don't have love. All right? You know, one thing I want to say that you said, you can see the manipulation in your mother, how she's still doing it. Most people tell me that. They still see it in their mothers, but they don't have the understanding like you're coming to and that... Just see it, but don't be mad at yourself for seeing it and being mad at her about it. You know, just watch it. I think it's that I see it and I get, I see it and I don't forgive and I judge myself. Yeah, don't do that. Just see it and watch it and forgiveness will take place because God knows your heart. All right? Uh, yes, yeah, we have about, what, what we have, how many minutes are Three minutes. So you have a, one and a half of that three minutes. One and a half. I could do it. Um, Andre, what, what he said about, here, here's how I, I say it. That a little louder for the teacher. Here's how, I, how, here's how I would say it. We only see, at least at times, we only see a partial reality. We see, we see the physical world, but as he said, we don't see those the, the, that un, for the most part that un, unseen forces that are driving people. Yes. And when that when that when that revelation comes, and because like you said, nobody told him, right? But when that revelation comes, then that's what helps you overcome, like what she's experiencing. When you have the revelation that the person that whatever it is that they did or even done in the past, that, that they couldn't help it because those forces were causing them to do it and they really couldn't help it. When you really see that, that's what, that's the freeing thing. Right. When God chose that to you. But see, what I want to just say in closing here, when God wake you up, you are like awakening. You have awakened. You are now awake. And so once you are awake, you start to grow in that awakening. You know, you just, you start to walk, you start to live, you start to see. It's an awakening that words cannot explain. And so don't try to figure it out with words because words have no relationship to what I'm saying. It really doesn't. It's something that has to happen. It's a spiritual birth that has to take place for this freedom to come. And you keep it that way by watching yourself. Never, ever, ever blame adults. Now children can for a minute. But adults, never blame anyone for what you gotta go through. It's not their fault. It's like Wendy Houston trying to blame Bobby Brown for her drug use. She had to take full responsibility for that. Thank you for tuning in. I hope to help a little bit. Thank you guys.
For more information, to purchase a copy of this program, or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're already home.